Welcome to Season 2, Episode 16 of the Eatin' Em Raw Podcast. It may cost you 10 bucks to park on the lawn, but this podcast is 100% free and no longer on strike. Uh, the Canadian Football League and the Canadian Football League Players Association have come to an agreement on a new CBA um, for seven years. Which seven sexy see, years, Julian. <laughs> which will see a return to football. Um, and an end to a very short, uh, but I guess impactful, uh, strike by the CFL players. Football, 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 football is back, baby. Let's go. As you can tell, uh, Josh is very excited. Um, just before we get into uh, kind of what they agreed upon in the CBA, I just want to hear the fellas' thoughts on how excited they are that football is back. JT, oh, it's so nice. I'll, I'll it's so nice man like i i was scared because like um you know anytime you see a strike and you know they both both sides want to get the deal done but you don't know how long it's going to go you don't know how far apart they are um you know negotiations (laughs) going into the night is a good sign but as an nhl fan that doesn't mean much of anything you know um we've heard that for months on end from the nhl side of things without CBAs being signed. So for them to come to an agreement and get football without, sorry, get football back. We're not missing any meaningful games. We're not missing any regular season games and to come to a multi-year deal. Um, I think it's probably the best case scenario after really just like poor handling um, in the offset of this all. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the first thing uh, when I like looked at the news last night was the fact that it was seven years. I was like, after this, like obviously, I wanted a good, um, like a good offer. I guess like good um, deal for the players. But um, yeah, it was like it, it's really hard to complain. Like we've dealt with this, as we mentioned on the last podcast, for like the last like three years now, and where it was just one year deal, one year deal, one year deal. So the biggest thing is obviously that it's a long term deal, and uh, we don't have to worry about it for. Uh, at least another five years and when the TSN deal expires and hopefully it's the full seven. So Josh, what what are your thoughts? Um, I'm excited that it finally got a deal done. I know there was that one that the CFL put out a few days back, which we all talked about and we thought it was good, but obviously it wasn't what the player standards that they wanted. Now I'm happy that to see that all the players got the deal they felt was perfect for them. I love that. It's like a long-term so we don't have to deal with all this stuff next year. Because as a CFL fan, like, it's very stressful because, like, this could have been if the the strike prolonged any longer that we could have seen the league die in front of our eyes. And that was our biggest fear, losing the season in 2020. I'm excited we get a full training camp. We get those two, three preseason games. We get, like, the full season. Like, we've yearned for this since 2019. Yeah, last year was fun. But, like, I still feel like it's it wasn't a full CFL season. I'm very excited to – Got at the donut box for what would be nine games this year mm-hmm. instead of last year's seven or eight with the playoff game. I'm just very excited to have a regular CFL season, you know, instead of seeing Wednesday night games, Tuesday night games, just seeing the league just kind of shuffling around, kind of panicking. It's nice to see there's like it's set in stone for not only this year, but the next five to seven years with uh, with the opt out after five. For sure. Yeah. And John Hodge tweeted out today that the CFL giving its players uh, major concessions over the seven year deal um, from the league's leadership uh, is that they never needed a federal bailout um, from the government or the merger with the XFL. Right. Like they just needed to partner with their players and uh, show that they trusted them. And this, I think, is a very important first step. Um, into growing the league. Yes, obviously, there's still some problems that the league needs to work through. Um, but the fact that there's a long-term CBA deal in place, that it's a good deal for, I think, the players as well as the league. Um, and I just think, yeah, that it's like a great first step um, in order to fix the long-term problems that we have talked about numerous of times on this podcast and that fans across the league have commented on right so yeah um yeah i think just overall it's just a great day for the cfl and the cflpa and obviously the fans um so uh i'm just really excited as you said that we get a full training camp 
preseason games, full season playoffs. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I just can't wait to get rolling. Yeah. I, I think to your point on, on that, it's a good first step. It's nice to see some of the steps being taken. Like we've talked a lot about marketing and then to their credit, they've, you know, they've, Finally, it seems, listen, we'll see in terms of the game day production if TSN is listened because that's not the CFL. Um, and then maybe if if there is still a disconnect there, maybe the league can wake up and see that maybe exclusivity is not the greatest of things. But um, they have, listen, you know, the, the, the inside the CFL stuff, the miniseries documentaries that these the teams are doing are excellent. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah, just great stuff, you know what I mean? And it proves that the ability has been there, right? If, if they finally took the leap and said, okay, we'll listen to all of you and we'll put some money into marketing and hire some guys. You see Connor O'Neill. We just talked to him the other day. He ended up getting hired. Yeah. Our boy Connor. Excellent. man. Big congrats to him. Um, But you can see that, you know, marketing departments are expanding. um, So that's another step that's being taken. And like you said, Troy, I think that, Get some of the things that we're, we're going to get into in this CBA are really good steps for, for growing the CFL. Um, you know, when the narrative for a while has been that it's kind of been in peril. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was refreshing for sure. Yeah, definitely. And uh, just to build on your point too, about TSN, obviously he works for TSN, so he's a little bit biased, but Glenn Suter and uh Marshall Ferguson, too, I think, were both saying that in their like TSN meetings that they've uh, been talking about some new and kind of improved, quote unquote, things that they're going to be bringing to the broadcast and the presentation this year. So hopefully that reigns true and uh, that we get just like, yeah, as, as you said, a product on TSN that showcases how great our players truly are. Yeah. yeah like, like, oh, oh, go ahead, Josh. No, because like, if you look at it with like the, like the NFL, per se. They're always getting new packages for promotions. They're always getting new, like, little bugs for the screen. Like, the the, C- the CFL on TSN stuff is kind of stale. We're all used to it. We know what it is. You're going to get those cutouts of, like, just Simone Lawrence like this or, like, with Don Jackson holding a ball or something. Or, yeah, Dane Evans ready to throw it. Like, you know what you're getting. Like, it'd be cool to see something, like, different, like, get engaged with the uh, – younger fan base get like more of a hip hop, maybe rock style intro instead of the country. Like make it like, you just gotta. It's not even it just the intro. Cause we've harped on that a lot. And like, I agree. I agree. The overall production, the overall vibe needs to be different, but like, even just like, I like they're not the NFL and I understand they don't have the money that the NFL has, but like every single year there are new and different and small tweaks to the NFL. Like from, from having a freaking EA, Sorry, from having a, a an EA like review dude with a clipboard literally on the sidelines so that he can rate guys for video games to, you know, adding Nickelodeon to just do Nickelodeon doing, stuff is crazy. It, like goldmine, goldmine. You know what I mean? Like you put a bunch of a bunch of graphics that kids are already used to on a football game. And now a game that was slower becomes fun. You know, and you can fill the space with space with whatever you want, and you have a bunch of characters that kids are used to 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 fill that space with. It's a it's a gold mine. You know what I mean? There's Canadian content you could do that with. I'm sure you don't. You probably don't want to, you know, buy the rights to to something like Nickelodeon. It's going to cost you a pretty penny, but something of the like could even could even be a possibility. Um, yeah, like I I hope Mar- like Marshall Ferguson is is kind of in the younger generation and seems to have obviously he seems to know what he's doing he's built a successful brand of his own i believe as well and as well as working for tsn so um hopefully he does bring kind of his ideas and hopefully glenn Suter is telling the truth and that tsn's kind of revamping their their game day presentation because i think that's you know if we're talking about steps being taken that's the next step we gotta no longer feel like that second fiddle right because like a lot of the time you sit there, you watch CFL game and it's, it's like, Oh, I wish they had this. Oh, yeah. They do that in the NFL. That's it's not the NFL. Well, not anymore, man. Let's go. Let's get the production value up. It's possible. Yeah. And just like a video game too. Like, even if it's just an add on to Madden, like I think that would be massive 
for the CFL as well. Uh, we obviously had that game by Canuck play. I believe the company Maximum was football. Yeah, I played that a couple times. It was it was fun, but like obviously Bro, not to the level. Pull my hair out. It's so yeah. much fun, but it's so frustrating. So yeah, frustrating. it like it like obviously isn't to the level of like a Madden or anything that like EA Sports or Two K has put out. Throw but... that in a Palladium or something. That'd be that'd be a fun arcade game, but like as a console game, that was horrible. Yeah, yeah. So they. But hey, they were putting the effort in to try and make something like CFL branded or cl- as close to without yeah, actually like, yeah, doing sure. it. So I, I think that would be another um, thing that would it would cost money, obviously, in order to like put something like that together. But in the long run, like we were talking about it a month and a half or however long ago we were when we were talking to Braylon Addison and Jamal Roll, that there's lots of kids that grow up who don't pay attention to the NFL and then start playing Madden and are like, oh, they see Patrick Mahomes on TV and they're like, oh, I saw this guy on Madden. So anyways, um, should we jump into the CBA here, fellas? Absolutely. Let's, let's so get after it. Uh, I, I'm, I know the uh, Farhan Lalji, um, TSN's Farhan Lalji kind of gave some footnotes and uh, TSN's Dave Naylor kind of gave some footnotes as well. Um, those are the ones that I have seen. So give those dudes the credit first off. And then just, Troy, can you run me through um, what the CBA is looking like so far? Definitely. Yeah. First of all, I think this is a great deal for the players. Um, there's a lot in there that when I read it, I was like, man, the players did really well. So to start off with, um, there will be a meaningful increase to the salary cap, uh, which to go a little further into that, um, Farhan Lalji was saying that every year there'll be a 100K bump to the cap. So for the next, I guess, seven years, um, we'll get a 100K uh, addition to the already i believe this salary cap right now is 5.3 million um so that that is like a substantial bump every year because you can get a very good american player for 100k right so yeah that's not insignificant you can get you can get a couple of players probably like yeah devere posey a couple years ago when he signed with hamilton was for like 80k Mm-hmm. So that's that's like a Devere Posey type player. Plus, when you pile it on top of each other, you're getting like 700K. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the salary of like Bo Levi Mitchell, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that's huge. Uh, I just wanted to um, talk about that first. And uh, um, do you have any thoughts? That, Does Bo of... Levi Mitchell make $700,000 to throw footballs in the Canadian Football League? Yes, he, yes, he really? does. My goodness. A little bit of live breaking news. Uh, Jared Tavai has been placed on the retired list, and Chris Van Zyl has been designated as injured. What? On both so, fronts? So, uh, thank you. If Jared Tavai, this is the end of the road for you. Thanks for being a tie cap for three months, buddy. Hope it was the best three months of your life. Yo. Yeah, Chris Van, Chris Van Zyl being hurt. Um, I, I imagine... Um, to be honest, I, I hope it's not serious. Uh, they add veterans who are like nicked up to the quote unquote veteran injured list. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think my hope is that we're still like a month away from playing regular season games. He obviously is not a dude that really needs training camp. So, uh, hopefully he's ready to go but uh yeah we'll definitely keep it up keep our eye on that but um i want to know what's going on with jr today yeah he retired what? we saw that on the transactions page a couple days ago i assume he just decided he found it a better job or decided uh didn't want to put his body through um through anything or did through it have that. anything to do with the cba like i mean he had already signed and was already like coming like you know, up until camp, this hadn't been announced. I'm just like, like, I, 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 if it's just that and that's what his decision is and he's just done, that's, that's fine. How old is he? I think he's 28, 29. Man, that's interesting. Yeah. But it is what it is. As uh, Josh said, thanks to uh, JR for being part of the organization here for a couple months and, uh, put together a pretty decent CFL career. So uh, congratulations to him on retirement. 
Um, but yeah, sorry. Back to the CBA yeah. uh, salary cap. What do you guys think about it? I, I love it. it. Sorry, uh, you want to go, Josh? No, I was just I'm here for it. You probably have something a lot more to say. To. I just I just like it. It's nice to see that the players are going to get the increase in salary like they deserve. It's going to see like the certain players who deserve it get paid instead of having to take a little off the top just to like keep the teams in in check uh, financially. Yeah, it's a tangible increase, right? Like you over multiple years, you start talking about being able to. Um, you know, I mean, players are going to want a little bit of a bump in their salary, knowing that the cap's going up, but it still does mean being able to, to add to your roster. And it probably is going to mean being able to add like one or two tangible pieces to your roster that you would not have otherwise had. Right. So maybe one or two additional superstars on your roster in addition to what you have now, even though all the guys in your, on your team are getting paid a little bit more. I don't think it'll translate exactly like in the first year or the second year to, um, you know, $200,000 in extra players. But because I do think that, you know, the, with the players knowing this and with this CBA deal, we're going to see contracts start to go up just a little bit, especially even with the guaranteed contracts. Um, yeah. It, it allows the tie cats to, sign players without forcing other players to restructure their contracts. So I think that's huge as well. Um, So moving on, um, the players also gain access to all revenue streams, including the gray cup and the ability to audit those numbers with a third party. So basically for those who don't know, the players previously were getting a small cut of like revenue from the league, but they weren't, getting the larger scale revenue, like the gray cup. Uh, They weren't making money off of like concessions or people buying merchandise, parking, uh, any of that stuff. So now they're getting a cut of all of that. So I think that's also really huge. And the fact that they have a third party that can audit those numbers and make sure that they're fairly getting compensated with that revenue, I think is huge as well. Josh, what do you think? I think it's good for the players, you know, get some little bit more money to be able to like audit the numbers too, to like see everything that's coming in to be able to know what they're getting. Probably a bit more incentive to sign this deal because at the end of the day, it was all about making sure the players were getting properly compensated for putting their bodies on the line every week. So I feel that this is good for the players and it's good for the league. Yeah, I think for me, this was the biggest one. Um, I think this is probably the biggest sticking point for the players. Um, because this really kind of like Troy talked about starts that, that marriage between the CFL and the CFLPA on, you know, trusting in their players and, um, looking at their players as an avenue for growth, right. Looking at their players, like, how do I leverage these guys to make money and to grow our game? Um, and I think, giving them access to this and saying, okay, bringing them into the financial fold saying, these are the numbers, you know what I mean? This is what affects your livelihood. Um, And this is like going to affect your livelihood more directly because you're going to get a larger share of revenue. Should we be able to grow the game that gives them, that gives players incentive right away to grow the game. Um, Being able to audit the numbers gives them transparency where instead of, getting paid this, you know, certain amount every year and then hearing, oh, well, we just don't have the money to give you more. Well, now they can check and make sure that you just don't have the money to give you more when you just put on a gray cup with 28,000 screaming Ticat fans. You know what I mean? Like something doesn't kind of kind of add up there. So giving them that access to that gray cup revenue, giving them access to all just the kind of different kinds of revenue and, and really kind of, you know, um, binding the two, the CFL and the CFL players um, as an entity and saying, okay, if we grow, we grow together and, you know, we go down, we go down together type thing um, is huge for the league and huge for that growth. So I think anybody in a relationship knows the, the, the age old saying what's mine is yours. And um, that kind of needed to be the case in, in terms of, the revenue sharing for the players. I think this was probably the biggest sticking point. I mean, I'm sure there were other ones, you know, that, that came to mind. The ratio is probably one. And 
Um, obviously the salary cap increase is huge, but I think this was probably the biggest sticking point, the hill to die on for the players. Yeah. According to Farhan Lalji, and this is the next point that we'll get into is the second biggest sticking point. First one was definitely revenue sharing. Uh, players thought that they should be fairly compensated on all of those fronts. And I agree with them. Um, but the other major sticking point apparently was the fact that the league wanted uh, 12 padded practices, like 12 extra padded practices over the course of the year. And players were like, okay, we'll do that, but you need to make sure that our medical medical benefits are better. So mm. they ended up getting five years of medical benefits by year three of the CBA, um, which is huge. Obviously, the biggest case uh, that you can look at would be Jonathan Hefney, who played several years in the CFL with the Bombers and the Alouettes and then broke his neck, I believe, and is now currently in prison because he had to resort to selling drugs because he had no other um, form of making money because he was disabled due to his football injuries. So, um, and the money that he got from benefits for the CFL had run out. So five years is a lot better than even what it previously was, which I think was three years. And before that it was two years. So the fact that they are, the league was able to get their 12 added padded practices Mm -hmm. and the players were able to get a couple more years of medical benefits, I think is huge as well. Yeah. The medical benefits are definitely, uh, definitely huge. I think that even the padded practices, because like if you, if you look like I understand coaches will say that they're going to take into consideration that these are 12 additional padded practices and, and whatever, but like they're professional athletes, they're competitive and they're at, you know, at certain points in the season, intensity is just at a certain point. And you can say that it's supposed to be yellow, but these guys are hitting, you know what I mean? Like, and injuries injuries happen in practice in, in professional football already right mm-hmm. they go hard right coaches are on you they want you to be intense you're running you know probably more than you would actually run in a game and you're hitting um probably more than well probably equal to as much as you hit in a game maybe not to ground but definitely to contact and uh you know that's taxing on your body when you're for talking sure. about adding 12 more padded practices for sure that's going to up production but yeah you need the the medical benefits and that kind of rest and recovery time will be important too sometimes i look at the nfl schedule and i just think it's insane how many even like the cfl last year because the shortened season how many games that guys have to play back to back to back like it's a football game is very taxing on the body for sure. And from a fan perspective too, like obviously I'm very happy that the players were able to get added medical benefits, but yeah. from a fan perspective, like we've seen over the last couple of years that the play has kind of, I don't want to say dropped off, but like, especially along the offensive and defensive line, because they don't, they don't hit that much in practice, right. Or in training mm-hmm. camp. And so you're going through walk through practices and then are expected to jump right in and obviously walk throughs like there's still practices, but you're not like making direct contact with the opponent. Mm. The fact mm. that you add those 12 practices in, um, hopefully that like the level of play will go up as well with those yep. two. They still have padded practices during the year though, right? They do, yes, but yeah. they were they were limited. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. After after training camp, they become like they do it like I think it's like once a week or once every couple of weeks. Don't quote me on that. I'm not a hundred percent sure, no, but yeah, it's they, gotta they, be more than that. They, they didn't, they didn't do them a ton over the course of the year. That like, uh, like semi pro is allowed to do them twice a week and play once. Right. So. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't, I don't fully know, but I know that it was, um, they weren't doing, um, a ton because that was part of the CBA and players didn't want to do them. So Um, anyways, uh, I will throw it to Josh after I read out this next one is that there are eight starting Canadians now 
one of whom is a nationalized Canadian, which basically means a veteran American player who's played at least three years on the same team or five years in the league. And three other nationalized Americans can play up to 49% of all snaps on offense or defense during a game. So basically, we're still keeping the seven Canadians. They're just adding an extra spot for this nationalized Canadian who is an American player like Simone Lawrence would be able to fill that slot. And it is kind of confusing, but I think um, it basically means that if there was an injury um, that Simone would be able, like an injury to a Canadian, that Simone would be able to fill in in his spot, correct? Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. I think, sorry, go ahead, Josh. I think he, like with the one nationalized American, I think that, I think that's Simone's position already. Yeah. Just to bring a little bit more, like help, help out with the defense a bit. Cause with outside of Tunde Adelike and Stavros Katsantonis, we don't really have a Canadian in the DB room, do we? No. Yeah. So having Simone there as nationalized American, it'll bring a little bit of leniency with our DBs. Yeah. What it really does, Troy, it allows you to have an Amer- an extra American on the field without taking a Canadian off the field because yeah. um, if, like, Simone would have counted against the ratio, for example, right? Now that you have the same amount of Canadians, but Simone counts for the ratio, you can look at your bench and go, okay, I can put this American guy on. I don't have to, I don't have to look at a Canadian because Simone fills out, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, okay. That makes uh, sense. Looking yeah. through our training camp roster, the eligible Americans are uh, Dylan Wynn, Julian Hauser, David Ungerer, and uh, Simone. Well, David Unger is Canadian already, so is, I thought he. Oh no, he went to school in America. Right? Yeah, he went to. That's school what. Oh, that's yeah. what threw me off. Okay, my fault. My fault. And then um, Matt Schiltz counts because he's in his fifth year. Siante Evans, Micah Johnson, and I believe that is it. Yeah, they, they have a lot of guys that can do it. But what's what I think will be the most interesting is the 49% of, like, you can have, like, three of those guys um, mm. play 49% of the snaps. It's, it's a little confusing, um, but I'll be interested I did. to see yeah, as we, like, move along. Yeah, because then technically, like, you – could be i guess breaking ratio for yeah i think i think i yeah, saw to be um, honest, farhan tweet that if teams like do go with over 49 percent, there will be heavy fines to pay so who knows if teams might just go in a training camp and say hey let's just take these fines on the mouth and just break the rules I, I doubt I doubt it. But. Yeah, yeah. What I think is more difficult is like, how do you judge what forty nine percent of the snaps are going to be? You don't They're, know. I, they they go in and like watch it after. I don't know if that might. That's be like, what I mean. But like, so okay, so let's say you're like, they, like okay, hire somebody to like. Watch let's say game. let's say you're in the second quarter and you're like, okay, um, there's been eighty snaps so far. I think there's going to be two hundred in the game. <laughs> So I'll keep this guy in for 20 more snaps. And then there only ends up being 180 snaps. Now he's over his 49%. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, how do you, how can you even judge as a coach when to take your guy off the field? If it's 49%, because there's no, it's not a set amount of snaps in a football game, unless you're talking about minutes, but like minutes can go by with the play clock running down and out of play. If you're talking about in between, like, you know what I mean? Two minutes in the second quarter at the end of the second quarter is not the same as two minutes at the beginning of the second quarter. So I just don't understand how you can possibly gauge that 49%. It'll be different every game. Yeah. Yeah. Which it goes by a game to game basis. So anyways, it's, it's quirky. Um, I'm interested to see if we get like better clarification on it here in the next couple of days, because obviously this is all just super fresh information Mm -hmm. that Farhan Lalji and Dave Naylor are like pumping out as quickly as possible. I imagine once the CBA has officially been voted on and signed, we will get better clarification for it. But yeah, the big, the big thing is the fact that, we're adding 
uh, the extra Canadian spot where an American can fill it. And it yeah. gives like a guy like Simone Lawrence more incentive to stay with Hamilton, right? So absolutely. I, I think that even the terms, the three and the five, right? Like it gives mm-hmm. you it gives you incentive to stay with your your team and then to stay le- you know in the league and become one of those guys who's who's a face of the league. Um and yeah, to your point, like uh, we don't have full clarification. I know, like my voice kind of sounds rapid. It's more excitement than frustration. I'm not really like I'm. I'm. I'm just excited that football is back and that we have all this information in front of us. But for sure, um, yeah, I don't mean to to kind of um, kind of hang the CFL to dry in that one because we don't have full clarification on how that will really even play out. So definitely, um, yeah. But I do. I'm. I'm interested in how the 49 percent will work for sure. For sure. Yeah. Another thing that should keep players uh, sticking around with their teams long term is they now have the ability to negotiate up to 50 percent guaranteed money on the third year of a three year contract. So that I think would hopefully get players to sign long term deals uh, because they will be able to get guaranteed money, which is something the league has never had before. So there was no incentive for players to sign longer than a year. Um, so yeah, JT, what are your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I I like it. It's a step in the right direction. I think in like, I don't know how realistic this is, but I think in a, in a perfect world, you kind of want to see, um, like all, you know what I mean? Um, roster continuity across the board. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like instead of like, like, no, like, what I mean, sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but what I mean more is like, instead of 50% guaranteed in the third year, like I'd rather eventually see it. So like a guy signs a three year deal and he's like, okay, I'm locked in for three years. This is my money for three years. Cause like, otherwise, why are you signing the last half of that contract? I, I never understood that. Um, you know, to me, a contract should be guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, the CFL is in the kind of weird position that they have to give their players the right to go and try and, you know, go to the NFL, try and go to other leagues that might be more profitable to them. And so therefore they have to give a little bit on that. I understand the players maybe having to give a little bit on that for that reason, but I just, I'd rather see like in a perfect world, Kumbaya, you know what I mean? Everybody gets their, their guaranteed money. Um, But I think it's a step in the right direction. You know, like you said, it's, it's security. It's knowing that, you know, uh, I'm not going to sign a three-year deal. And then next year they're going to be like, well, you're too expensive. So we either restructure or you're out of here. Um, it, it's, it's security. So I like it. For sure. Josh thoughts. Um, I'm kind of, I'm in the same boat as JT. Um, I, I believe that it should be guaranteed, but like that's like in a perfect world, but I like it. I like that. It gives the players more incentive to want to stick around like me having the Jamal roll Jersey. And then you guys have to deal with constantly every day until he sounds like, is this guy going to come back? Did I just waste 200 bucks on a jersey in November? Like, it's like, it's a good thing for fans and players. So then, like, fans can build that solid, like, fan base in a city. How you see him with, like, Simone and Speedy B and Mazzoli and stuff. Mm. And so now it's just like, and then with, like, even with the younger generation, because, like, say, like, you get some guy, he gives your kid gloves and that becomes his favorite player. And then that just like builds that bond to like make the kid want to come to more games and watch favorite player. I think that the guaranteed money is really good. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And uh, obviously this is something I think the players had to give a bit on where it was guaranteed in the third year of a three-year deal, because obviously this is something that we've never seen before in the CFL guaranteed money. So mm-hmm. it's obviously like, as you mentioned, like in a perfect world, they get guaranteed money right off the bat, but that's not how it works, unfortunately. Yeah, the fact that we're getting any kind of guaranteed money, or the players, not we, I guess, the players are getting any kind of guaranteed money um, is obviously a huge step. And hopefully by the end of this CBA, uh, the owners and general managers will realize that, okay, like this is, this is good for us because we sign a player like Simone Lawrence long-term he's in the community out doing stuff. Like he's a very, he's probably the most recognizable face in Hamilton right now. Yeah. And it's because he's built that long-term relationship with the fan base. I think think it's the smile, but I don't know. Well, that too, he does have a (laughs) good smile, but, but yeah, it, it gives incentive to both sides. Right. So um, hopefully it, 
moves and it's like where they're able to get like 50% on the first year of their contract or a hundred percent on the first year of their contract moving forward. But I think it is a great step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and to your point, I don't think even like, I don't think the NBA has guaranteed money throughout. I don't think the NFL has guaranteed money throughout. I'm not sure that the NHL has guaranteed money throughout. So like, maybe that is just a fantasy that I'm spewing, but I just think that it's like, why are you signing the contract otherwise? But, um, you know, maybe that's just out of my depth, out of my business depth. Uh, I'm not a professional athlete and don't, you know, I don't know the ins and outs, so I will concede there. Um, what's next up? Uh, so this one is minor, uh, in my opinion, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on it, but a seven year deal. So the CBA is seven years, but there is an opt out after the TSN deal expires in five years. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like it is, it is probably minor because I don't see TSN giving up the CFL rights unless Sportsnet comes in trying to get them but hey anytime like as we stated in the last episode anytime we see see it, uh sports not talk about the cfl it's to bash it so i feel mm. like it'll like like unless like, like you'll see it on their covering but like as you said with like arash madani he's the only person from sports who will like openly talk about the cfl and it's just only really to shit on it or sorry to well, arash man only really talks on the cfl the like bash it as i said but mm. There, um, there is Tim. There is Tim McAuliffe. He is a big CFL supporter. He's yeah, a, that's true. But, but like he, even Tim yeah, and friends, I, I watched that show for like four seasons, and the first time I heard of the CFL was when they, um, and and maybe I'm wrong, and he could like post a video and dunk on me, but um, I'm pretty sure the first time I heard them reference the CFL for like the first time in an actual segment, other than maybe passing over the scores. I think they talked once to um, uh, Bear Woods, who was in Toronto, and then it was when the um, uh, first time the four-down argument was coming, or the XFL, when the XFL merger was up and people were like, we don't know if the CFL is going to die or go to four downs or this, that. Everyone was losing their mind, and Tim McAuliffe did a really nice kind of uh, video column on it, but I think those are the two times I've seen them mention the CFL. So um, I actually, I think this is a little significant. Um, I think it's a little bit of a kind of a five year, get your stuff together on the production end of things, or we might just have to renegotiate with some other TV networks type message from the CFL. Um especially just kind of giving the players the option to say, okay, you know, in five years you can opt out. We can go to the negotiating table. If you feel the production value is not there and you feel that there is better opportunity with other networks, you can opt out of this deal entirely. We can kill it essentially and and go back to the negotiating table on the, you know, how we feel about this, come up with a new CBA and maybe it says that we're going to sell our rights to multiple, um, you know, broadcasters, and they're just going to have to deal with that. Maybe it says we're going to use that money to, to create our own dedicated streaming service and branch away from TSN. If we're just, you know, now everything's online anyway, how many people have cable? So are we going to, maybe we, you know, invest a little bit of money to have uh, a single cable channel and, and we have our own dedicated CFL network. Um, I think it gives options after this deal expires. And I think having that in there and that caveat in there kind of gives TSN the incentive as well to be like, okay, let's get on our horse and prove that we're still the best production, you know, team for the CFL. And let's up the production value because there was no change. Like when it came over from CBC to TSN, it was refreshing. It was a good change. You know what I mean? It was positive. It just hasn't changed since. Yeah. So, so I just, I would, you know, I think it's, I do think it's this, this one's significant. Um, Cause yeah, I think it puts, puts kind of like an actual stop timer on TSN. So that says, you know, if this is the same stagnant product in five years, we're opting out and we're not going to do this again. So, yeah, 
Yeah, it'll be interesting. But um, the final point on that Farhan Lalji tweeted out was the deal, the seven-year CBA deal ends 30 days before training camp, which I think is massive because we avoid this whole um, mess of the league trying to get all the players to training camp and then trying to pull the wool over their eyes and being like, oh, we agreed to CBA and then being like, just kidding, we're going to try and change a bunch of things. Hmm. And uh, you guys have to sign it because you're all here. And uh, yeah, so I think it's huge that it forces them to actually start talking about it prior to the day before training camp is supposed to start. Josh, what do you think? I, I love it. I think it's the best scenario. So now we don't have to, like, as you said, don't have to deal with like the, the waiting and the strikes and all that type of stuff. Cause then if it's 30 days, that gives them that extra, like extra little bit of cushion time to like get a deal out instead of having to do it on like the 12th hour or what is mm-hmm. it? Five days into training camp. So like, I, I like it. It gives us like that extra bit of cushion, the fans that bit of breathing room, not worrying if there's going to be a strike. Uh, it's just, I think it's just very, it's a very needed part of the CBA. Well, and if the players do need to strike, then it's not going into training camp time, exactly. right? Yeah. JT? Um, I'm going to be the in the middle guy again. I think I've been that guy a lot today. I like it. I really do. I think it's, again, a great start. Um, I think it hits on everything that you kind of need in terms of, yeah, you don't, you can't have this starting a day before training camp. Like we griped about that. And like, I don't want to gripe about getting what we want. And this is, that's what we wanted with this pushback. So awesome. Uh, but I would like to see a little bit of a clause in there that kind of says negotiations or at least some form of talks have to start a little bit further back. Right. Cause like, yeah, they got together pretty quickly on this one. And I guess it's a vote of confidence saying that they'll be able to come together, you know, in that month to talk things out. And maybe if they're not going to figure something, figure out a CBA in a month, they're not going to figure it out in two months. But um, I just, you know, I've seen CBA, negotiations go long um i've seen again as an nhl fan maybe i'm looking at it at two different like extremely different leagues and that's why i'm trepidous but um i would just like to see the negotiations start a little bit sooner like for example adam big hill said the pa wanted to start in february right i would have had no problem with starting in february and i think you probably have a deal done before it was done if you start then so you know, there's nothing wrong with saying you need to get to the negotiating table a few months before this ends um, so we can come up with a new deal. Yeah, agreed for sure. But all in all, all of the things that were agreed upon that we've been able to see have been a step in the right direction, yeah. right? That's kind of been the common theme. And mm-hmm. so I think we can all agree that this is a win for the players. I think it's a win for the league because it shows future players and the current crop that. Um, yes, they've been tough on them in the past, but that yeah. they are willing to have a relationship with the players and they are a league that is looking moving forward to, um, have better, be better equipped, I guess, to treat players correctly. So I think everything that we've gone over has been a win. And the fact, as we said, seven years, like that mm-hmm. is huge for us because as fans, we, we don't want to talk about CBAs, right? Like, this was the last thing that I wanted to talk about. I, like, we should be talking about training camp right yeah. now and position battles and all that stuff. So, but the fact they got a deal done um, with still a lot of camp left and we're not missing any preseason games, we're not missing any regular season games um, is huge. And the players actually got rewarded for um, them taking a stance and striking, which was a very ballsy move of them to make and i think this is a very fair deal and bravo to them for uh, making sure that they got what they deserved absolutely i i agree 100 and yeah like we've given the league a lot of stick i've given the league a lot of stick i've written columns against it i got another one coming out friday that said basically all of the things that we were already griping about you know how how soon that 
you know, close to training camp that this was announced, the fact that we heard nothing on it, the fact that everything was great beforehand, the fact that we've just come off a shortened season and now that we're coming into a strike, like it all just looked bad on the league, regardless of whether they signed a deal or not. But having said all that, you got to give the credit where credit is due, right? This is all, like Troy says, positive, 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 fixes a lot of those problems I just mentioned. Um and and just really excites me for the growth of the CFL because it was stagnant. It was in one place. And now, like, just everything seems to be moving in the right direction. Players and the owners are on the same page. We'll be on the same page for at least the next seven years um, because they, that's what they sign on the dotted line, right? So, or at least the next five years with the chance to, for the opt-out. So, uh, yeah, I think we see a lot of good things coming out of this the CBA for sure. Josh, do you have any final, final thoughts before uh, um, we let JT talk about our interview with Ted Laurent? Um, I'm just all in all happy. We got a good deal done that benefits the player benefits the league. It's good for the fans to get a full season. I'm just happy. We got a deal done and we can continue to talk about the tie cats every week. Yeah. Football's back, baby. Let's football, go. Football, 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 football. Absolutely. And our, we have a guest that's very, very good at football. We say that a lot, but uh, we have another guy from the, from the black and gold joining us here. So um, the master without... of the belly rub sack dance. That is right. But just before I throw it to the interview with Teddy Laurent, I know you want to get to it, but you know what I got to do. I got to throw it to our call of duty war zone tournament. We're still looking for entrance for our call of duty war zone tournament on rebirth Island. Um, it's going to be a 1v1 kill race. It is a $5 entry with a $250 prize pool. And if this bad boy goes to 50 entrants, then we're going to bump that prize pool up uh, by $3 an entrant. So make sure you get in on that. Um, you can follow us at Coast to Coast Co. 9 on Twitter or on uh, Facebook. You can follow Coast to Coast Sports uh, for further details on the tournament. That's all we've got for ads today, so without further ado, we're going to throw it to our interview with Ted Laurent. We're bringing in the master of the belly rub sack dance for this week's interview, ladies and gentlemen. In four years at McKechnie High School in Powder Springs, Ted Laurent established himself as a four-star prospect and earned attention and scholarship offers from Georgia, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. At Ole Miss, Laurent recorded 57 total tackles, including 13 tackles for losses and 3.5 sacks over uh, four seasons, 27 to 2010, three of which he spent as the starting nose tackle. Um, He moved to Edmonton in the CFL for three seasons before finding a home in Hamilton in 2014. Laurent has since played 107 games for the Tabbies, amassing 135 defensive tackles, 39 sacks, and five forced fumbles. Um, And he'll be back to strike fear into QBs across the CFL 2022. We're really happy to have Ted Laurent on the Eating Them Raw podcast. Hey there, Ted. How you doing? Doing good. Yourself? Glad to be part of the show, man. What an intro. The intros just always get better. I love it. I love Thanks, it. Josh. <laughs> Teddy, man, just hearing JT talk about that, you kind of did the whole uh, recruiting process as a Canadian kind of before it, I guess, got popular here in the last couple of years. Just can you talk about what it was like being recruited by schools like Georgia and Old Miss? And just when you think of NCAA football, those are kind of the teams you think about, right? Just how was that? Yeah, well, my situation was a bit different. Uh, I moved to the state at a young age, and that's why I stopped playing football. So technically, I didn't get recruited out of uh, Montreal. Uh, I moved to Georgia with my uh, my, uh, my aunties and my cousins and my big bros. And then from there, uh, in eighth grade, my big bro told me, like, yo, you should start playing football. And I did. And then from there, like, it was history, you know, uh, High school, I got more, got serious, and that's when I uh, started getting scholarships. My big bro, I, um, you know, took me on, on a few trips, and uh, we decided to go to Ole Miss. And from there, you know, it was history. For sure. And and how I guess was the transition from college to the CFL? Oh, uh, well, when I first got that, I had to uh, adapt, and uh, because, like I said. Uh, even though I'm from Montreal, I didn't uh, I didn't play the Canadian game. Uh, my my first thing of football was in the states, so all I knew was uh, a four down football and uh, real close to the uh, to the football credit card. We call it credit card alignment. Be so close to the ball, uh, uh, and uh, so when uh, my first year when I got drafted uh, in Edmonton, 
you know, I had to uh, readjust everything. It took me a yard off, uh, a, man, a less man on, on, the, on the field. So, you know, it, it took me a while to get to it. Actually, uh, I was supposed to start my uh, my rookie year, but I lost my spot because I was clueless on the field. <laughs> really? Was is that in in Edmonton? Yeah, it was Edmonton. Like it was, it was, it was kind of like the spot was like for me to take, mm-hmm. but because I was like clueless of the game, but didn't know what I was doing, I kind of gave it away. But yeah, it it was a learning experience for me because uh, second year I came back uh, strong and I got my first division all star and then from there you know it was you know it was history. Mm-hmm. You uh you really battled injuries like like a warrior last year. Um, how's the body feeling kind of coming into to this season now that you've kind of had to, a chance to rest a little? Yeah, the, the body felt good, man. I'm, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to training camp, man. Uh, looking forward to compete with the guys, you know. You know, I'm gonna get the jokes about being, uh, you know, the old guy and, uh, <laughs> with my age, but uh, you know, it's it's all good. But uh, I'm it's, it's gonna motivate me. I'm sure them boys that really not age, you know, don't define, you know, what I'm saying like who who I am and how I play. Uh, but just looking forward just to a back bounce, a back bounce back season for sure. Um, you know, with uh, you being a free agent this this off this past off season before reading up in Hamilton, was there any uh, thoughts of retirement on your mind as you just said you're the old guy in camp? <laughs> You know, it was it was really disappointing last season. Was, mm. For me, and just you know, not being able to play my best one and then miss the Great Cup was tough, and lose the Great Cup on top of that was was really brutal for me. So I'm not gonna lie, this this Great Cup is that's really why I want I came back. Is I want this Great I want this Great Cup bad, man. I got I, I done. I got a few accolades. I got a few couple of division All Star, a couple of All Stars. Now you just you know, need that ring. But one thing I don't have is is a ring. So like the 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 motivation for me to come back was to get that championship ring. And it's not like I'm uh I'm out there ring chasing like going to a different team, go to the best team, and and, and do I'm, I I want to win with helps. I love this guy. I love him. For sure. Now, Teddy, I guess you mentioned that. Can you just uh, talk about the relationship that you have with the organization of Hamilton? Just you've had a couple chances. I remember, I think the past few years, uh, Montreal has always been interested in bringing you in and you've always come back to Hamilton. Just what is it about the organization that it's been such a good fit for you long term? Uh. It's first class, man. I, I love the fans. I love the city. The organization, everything is first class. They, they treat the players with first class. Not saying the other franchises uh, don't. I wouldn't know anyway. But uh, I, I just love being there. The atmosphere is, is you know, it's, it's family, man. It's, it's, we take that serious. Brotherhood, we take that serious. And uh, I felt like every time free agency came, I, it, it, it never crossed my mind to, like, to go to another team because I always wanted to stay and finish my career, career at Hamilton and I, you know, have a chance to, to do that. Not saying I would retire after this year, because look, we don't know. But mm. you know, absolutely. Um, the defense picked up some some real nice additions. Um, first, I guess, what do you what do you feel about the additions, and how do you feel about the defense shaping up? Uh, you know, the this this city is is known for having a, a tough defense, at, at, you know, and then being like the best defense in the in the CFL. So. Uh, you know, since I've been there, we are, we was known for that. We always we physical. Mm-hmm. We uh, we always we always bring that word. And um, you know, the additions, uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, the defense alignment with Micah Johnson, mm-hmm. great player, a veteran. You know, it's just it's he, he he gonna teach me a few things. I'm teaching him a few things. Looking forward to that. Um, was, uh, I think Tavaya. I think some his name is Tavaya. They are Tavai. They are Tavai. Yeah. I seen him play in Ottawa on film. He looked good, so you no, know, looking forward to that. Mm. You know, this, you know, the D line. We, we're going, you know, we know we lost a, a, a few pieces, but I feel like the D line. We're gonna, we, we're gonna be back and strong as, as, as ever. Absolutely. Now, was there any like, did you, did you talk to anyone about maybe going out and getting Micah? Were there any other guys you maybe got in coach's ear about? Hey, go get this guy, uh, or, or is that not really your thing? I know some guys like to recruit themselves, so. Uh no, recruit. Uh, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't really do that. I always like tell guys, even uh, when free agency starts, because that's what they always told me. I always tell them like, do what's best. Hmm. Do what's best for you, man. Your family, and you feel like coming to Hamilton is best for you, and you don't feel like you can fit here. 
you know, let's do that. But I always tell guys, you know, I, I don't recruit. I always just tell guys, do what's best for, for you and your family. For sure. I, I want to ask you about the defensive line. Just with the addition of Micah and uh, JR and the fact that Dylan and Julian are sticking around, um, how beneficial is it to have, like, such a good rotation at defensive tackle? Oh, it's, it's great. It's great because now uh, you can always have uh, – you got fresh bodies coming in, and then, you know, those fresh bodies are, are like, you know, veterans like myself or Micah or Dylan Wynn kind of, you know, so it's we have a three-man rotation, so everybody's always going to be fresh. And then when the fourth quarter come, you know, and uh, we we, uh, we come down to who can make a play, and we feel like, you know, us being fresh – we're going to we have we have an adventure of uh, with that. Without uh, getting into too much of details of schemes, uh, what does having three guys at your position with all star caliber bring to the team? Uh, I mean leadership, leadership. Uh, mm. You know, uh, guys come to work and, and are re- ready to, to practice, ready to work. But as far like I said, as far as a, a scheme wise, uh, I'm I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, but I just know that you know they, they have a game plan and I'm looking forward to that. And uh, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great year. And I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. Um, Dylan Wynn specifically, you guys seem to just have a, a, I guess, a close relationship. Can you just kind of talk about the da- dynamic between you two? Yeah, but it, it started slow, man. It started slow. Because mm-hmm. at first I was like, I didn't want to part of this guy. I'm like, well, <laughs> like, he kept bothering me. And, uh, and I was like, listen, man, leave me alone. But he kept bothering me. And, uh, and he was making plays. <laughs> he was making plays on top of that. He was playing, uh, he was playing alongside next to me. So I'm like, I, I, I gave up. I came. And I was like, you know what? Uh, let, let me let me make this thing work out. And uh, we did. And since then, you know, we, we talked in all season. We, we talked we also, we also talk about what's going on with his family, with my family. Uh, we talked we talk football. He, he became a, a real a good friend of mine. Absolutely. That's a great story. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ted, obviously the Ticats lost some uh, key leadership pieces, Jeremiah Masoli, Brandon Banks, Mike Daly, um, which kind of leaves yourself and Simone Lawrence as kind of like the longstanding members of the team. Just Is there any added pressure to be kind of more vocal in the room or is it you're just going to kind of lead by example and let Simone do all the talking because that guy talks anyways? <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, guys that have been around and guys that know me know that uh, I lead by example. I, I don't say I don't say much, but when I do speak, they listen because, you know, I don't talk that much. So when I do talk, that means I'm saying something really important or, or something that needs to be addressed. Um, but uh, as far as, uh, as far as having pressure to just to, to to be a vocal, now nah, I'm just going to be myself, which is lead by example, and guys going to follow as well as well. As as Troy just mentioned, we did lose a few a few key guys. Is there anybody you're going to like miss going to war with the most every game day? Uh, I mean, uh, Garrett uh, and, and, and uh, Lorenzo Malden was was pretty good. Was, was pretty good friends of of, of me of mine. And uh, you know, it's it's you know the 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 D line was gonna be different. They were they were, they were really they were, they were, those two guys were really funny. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss those two guys for sure. Um, now, talking about just rule changes, obviously, um, the CFL came out with a few the other day. <laughs> um, <laughs> as a defensive player, I guess, what are your thoughts on them? And and uh, does something like the hash marks being moved in um, affect a, de- a defensive tackle? Uh, for me, no, I can't speak for everybody else. But that that one rule that you know uh, the the five year starting about the forty is uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's, uh, I have an issue with that. I, I don't go on that's 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 I, don't, I feel like starting about the, at the forty, even though it's only five yards, I feel like our friend can start at the forty yard line at the field goal or or or. or, or or, or, or what's, what's the other one? I forgot. But starting about starting at the forty, I, I, this, that's 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 problem. I yeah, feel like, it's this. like that's like twenty five, thirty yards in today's CFL to a field goal. Yeah, like yeah. But you know, it's it's you know, it's try to make the offense, try to score more points, try to find any any way to score more points. I can't be mad at that, but mm-hmm. it's going to be a challenge for defense. And like I said, we're, we're you know looking forward to that. Now, have you guys discussed at all the in terms of the hash marks? Because I know, I know, like you said, it doesn't affect you that much. Um, but I'm interested. Everyone keeps talking about the field side receiver and how it kind of frees him. 
I'm interested in what the boundary side receiver is going to do with four more yards of space. Right. So have, have defenses addressed that at all? And, um, you know, now that a quarterback essentially to the, to the, the weak side is going to have that additional four yards where that's already where the most dangerous receiver is. Uh, I mean, I feel like uh, we haven't addressed it yet, but I feel like mm-hmm. when training camp start, I feel like that, that those going to be, no, because you know I haven't spoke to the to, to I mean I, I, we have a, a D line group chat mm. and I talked to those guys but as far as like other position I haven't spoken to them about about that but I feel like when we get to training camp and uh, we, we we talk about the the new rules I feel like you know they're gonna you know tell us and talk about like what is the uh, advantage or disadvantage of all having the receiver so just you know that training camp that's when I guess we we will figure it out and, and, and sure. talk about it. For sure. And what do you think of the two? Sorry, sorry, Troy. My bad. Nope. Um, what do you think of the two quarterback rule and uh, having having I guess two QBs in the field at the same time? Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's gonna be great. Man. It's gonna be great for the fans. <laughs> like you know, you gonna see the two. I guess double pass, and you know, you always gotta be alert for the you know the double pass, and uh, you know, it's, it's going it's gonna bring a lot of fun and uh, excitement to the game. Just more sacks for Ted. Yeah. <laughs> will, that, that, will that will count if like there's two QBs? If he sacks the other one behind the line, will that count as a sack? If he's got the ball in his hands, why not? It yeah, should. It should. Yeah. All right. Um, just wanted to. Oh, Troy, you got a question? Did I cut you no, off? You go ahead. You go no, ahead. My bad. Uh, what does the offseason look like for you? Sorry, you broke up. What you say? I didn't oh, uh, what does the offseason look like for you? Uh, it's it's good. You know, I, I spent my my off season uh, in Orlando, Florida, with uh my wife and my I got a little boy that's uh that's three, and you know I'm enjoying the sun, man. And I'm enjoying the view, uh, training, uh, working out, and just spend time with my family. So now I, I mentioned that the uh, I forgot to mention uh, uh I, I'm having a brain fart. It, it's gonna come back to me. It's gonna come back. To me. <laughs> It's going to come back to me. It's going to come back to me. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Now, Ted, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, we've asked all the other guys on the team. Just do you have any kind of like weird rituals that you need to do? Oh, on the game lifestyle day? questions. You can't. You, you, oh, yeah. you, you tried to get away. It's Troy's lifestyle questions. Let's go. Oh, my God. Bring in the but no, do you do you have like anything that you have to do like on a game day? Uh. Home games, I always make sure that my breakfast gotta be is, is the same. All the home games, and um, and uh, I don't have I don't have any you know as, as far as weird one. Uh, my breakfast is always the same on the home games, and uh, when I get to the stadium, I always make sure I have two uh, make sure I have two protein bars in my locker. If okay. I have the, if I don't have those two, it's just gonna be a problem. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Now, is there yeah. anyone that has kind of played with you over the last couple of years that you recognized had kind of like something weird that you're like, what is this man doing today? Uh, I'm, uh, I can't think of none because I, I ain't going to, when I'm in the, when I, when I come in the locker, I, I'm locked in, you know, I have my headphones on, uh, I, I'm getting my stuff ready. I'm, uh, I have my playlist um, getting stretched and all that, so I'm not really, I can't really see or you know, I'm locked in, so I wouldn't know if, if somebody do have a weird ritual, I wouldn't know because I'm really, I'm locked in when I was like in the, in the lock. Not even Simone can distract you. <laughs> nah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm locked in. <laughs> uh, is there like two, three songs that you like gotta listen to on game that get you like right locked in? Uh, my 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 playlist, uh, uh, you know, with with. Music coming out, so 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 much music coming out. Uh, I always add a uh, add a few new songs to my playlist, but I don't really have a go to song as far as like you know uh, I need to listen to. I, I you know I shuffle my playlist because all the uh, music I got are bangers. So you know, so when I all bangers, in the bangers, so I, it's, it's a shuffle. So I don't really have a, a go to as far as uh, music. For sure. Um, now, uh, I want to ask you about camp in a minute, or, or maybe Troy can, but uh, we asked fans the other day what their favorite jersey and, and pant combination was, whether it was the all black, uh, white on yellow, white on white, or white on black. So I got to ask you, what is your favorite uh, uniform for the Cats? 
Oh, it's it's a black on black. It's, it's not even close. Yeah, and, uh, it's gotta be. And my least favorite is, is the white on white because he made it look fat. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> look fat, so I can't. <laughs> I really like the white on white, you know. But uh, yeah, black on black for sure. This is my favorite. Mm, one. Yeah, all, I know. all the all the D line, all the O line. I guarantee you, they all hate the white on white. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, some might say no. Nah, like DNs might say, you know, like yeah, they, they look they're swaggy, you know, with the all white socks. They go, nah, but yeah, maybe the the D tackles and the guards will say that. But as far as DNs, I highly doubt this they just say that. All right, now, just because I'm an advocate for this, I want to ask your thoughts on this. We used to have a, a an alternate jersey that was a, a yellow primary. What do you feel about a a, um, a yellow alternate, or maybe even like a yellow helmet? But uh, looking, you saying that? Uh, I remember. I think a year before I got to uh, to, uh, to Hamilton, they had the red jerseys. The red yeah. on the yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. They the played Guelph, right? yeah. Yeah, Guelph. Yeah, that was because they were building the stadium and they they wore the old uh, the Wild, flying Wildcats. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty. I'm pretty sure Jake's dad has a helmet in their basement of that. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring those back. Like I, I want to, you know, I, I want to wear those. But the retro we had was the I don't know if you remember, but the the gray one. It was the gray and the gray and the yellow. Yeah, one. yeah. The Labor Day yeah. ones against Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. But no, I, I like I did like those ones. I did like those. Ones. Um, yeah, but I, I want to you know the yellow. I mean the red ones with the with the white helmet. Like we need, we need to bring those back. Yeah, those were nice. For sure. All right, I guess just to wrap it up, Ted, uh, camp is a couple weeks away, um, barring, barring we get a new CBA. Just how excited are you to get back and to actually have, like, a schedule that, you know, like camp is on May 15th, uh, first preseason games May 28th, and the season starts June 11th, just where last year they were kind of throwing it at you kind of last minute just to be back. Yeah. In the team. Yes, it's, oh, it's always good to have certainty and uh, to know, like, okay, we got we got a set date for training camp. Like we have the schedule. There's there's no as far as I know right now. There's no like uh, if if this and that or the NDB canceled. So having those those dates, uh, having those dates. So now we got to worry about that and just focus on training and just uh, and get ready to go to work for training camp. But uh, as far as training camp, I'm just looking forward to compete. Uh, looking forward to uh, to see the the guys back and uh, just try to get this, this championship running and going. For sure, absolutely. I believe, I think that'll wrap it us for wrap it up for us today. I just wanted to thank you once again for hopping on and chopping it up with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, anytime, man. If you want me back, just let me know. As long as on.